Hallelujah. Praise Yahweh. It's an honor and a blessing to be here to share Yahweh's word with all the brothers and sisters and all those brothers that are joining us online. I just want to say that Yahweh is good all the time. A lot of people are suffering in this day and time. And even through all that, Yahweh is guiding you. He's holding your hand through all those things that you're going through, whether it be financial or physical, emotional, whatever the case might be. And also we read in Psalm 100 and verse 4, it says, To enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That's the attitude that we should have when we, when we come before Almighty Yahweh. It's not always easy. Sometimes we come in a rush. We got a lot of stuff going on in the assembly. But we need to stop. And as I noticed over here, if you check to your left on one of the doors, there's a masuza there. And we know the purpose of that. Right? There's blessings that are written down. Yahweh tells us to write his uh, commandments on the doorposts, but he wants us to have those written in the doorposts of our heart, mainly. And so, I was inspired by Ezekiel 34, but also when we are going through our day, maybe on a Sunday, right? There's a lot of people going to church on Sundays, you Scan the radio, scan the TV, you might catch a sermon, you might dismiss it, or you might stick around and listen to it a little bit. Some of the stuff might inspire you, but some of the stuff might turn you off right away. It's like going through the news. There's mostly sarcasm nowadays. That's the vibes that I get from listening to some of the news, but... We'll take First Peter chapter 4 and verse 11, and this is basically my proof text, if you will. This is the verse that I want to base this on. Um, we can go to verse 10 for a little more context, but we'll concentrate on that one. First Peter, you can start in 10. It says, As every man hath received the gift, even so... Minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of Elohim. If any man speak as the oracles of Yahweh, if any man minister as of the ability which Yahweh giveth, that Yahweh in all things may be glorified through Yahshua Messiah, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever, so be it. You can't see this on the audio, but there's some words I underlined. It says, let him speak and let him do it. Those are words in italics. Those words are meant to help you along as you read. And, of course, I went ahead, I read it without it, because what I do is sometimes I'll catch words like that and I'll just pause in between and I'll read it without those words. And this is what a translator had to do. 
He had to read the Hebrew and then say, okay, how am I going to transmit it to you who speak English or you who speak Spanish or you who speak Greek? And sometimes you don't, you don't get that message unless you add a word here or there, right? And so in doing that, you're breaking a commandment because it says do not add to the word, do not take away from it. Even if you're adding a word to give it more context, you're still adding to it. Yahweh said not to add to it, right? And so these are things that we got to deal with, and we don't make a doctrine out of it. Of course, it's just something that I personally do. You might do it. Maybe you don't do it. Uh, it's all right. Because I also read the scriptures in Spanish, so I do the same thing. And when I go to another language, those words might not be there. You see that? And so you still have to get the context. You get the context of the chapter. Uh, in this version, it's serving and suffering for Yahweh's glory. Speaking with some of the brethren, when you're serving Yahweh, you get pounded on. You get persecuted by people that say they love you. I love you now until you tell me the truth. And then I don't love you so much, right? I mean, we all deal with that. Who was the one that dealt with that the most? Yahshua, right? His own family did that to him. And so Yahweh had to watch his son go through all of that, you know? You as a parent, you might watch your kids go through that, right? Or you uh, as a grown person. Maybe your own parents might do that to you. And so it says there, if any man speak, uh, you can look that up in the Greek. Uh, you can put in there, if any man preach, because you're ministering. And in the other verse, if any man minister, if any man teaches of the ability which Yahweh giveth. Yahweh gives us all different abilities. You might teach differently. You might speak a little different, but you're still trying to put forth the same message, right? That Yahweh is Elohim, Yahshua is the Son, right? Yahshua died for you, and He wants you to repent, and He wishes that none would perish. So it's the same message. We might present it different, but it says here that if we do it, we need to do it to the ability that Yahweh gave us. So if my ability is not like yours, I can't try to do it the same way you do it. But we do kind of talk to each other and look for different ways and ideas as to how to present the message. That blessing comes from Yahweh. Maybe you didn't have that talent before you came into the faith, before you got baptized. Then you got baptized, you got a portion of the Holy Spirit, you got a certain kind of boldness that Yahweh gave you. Maybe you were shy, now all of a sudden you want to talk to everybody about Yahweh's truth. Is potential that you didn't know you had. And that comes from Yahweh. That's why when we present the message, um, sometimes we're going to offend because that's what the truth does. It divides. It divides, you know, the sheep from the goats. And that's not to brag, but Yahweh does that. And so, are we living in a fantasy as far as the scriptures are concerned? Are we adding to the word or taking away from it? Do we despise prophecy 
because we don't like the messenger. As I said earlier, I might listen to somebody, he's giving a sermon, I might not agree with some of the stuff or maybe all the stuff that he's saying, but if Yahweh is prophesying through that person, do I kick him to the curb? Maybe because I don't like the way he talks or whatever. We need to be, you know, conscious of that. Claiming that we go to heaven after we die, that's a fantasy. We're not living in Fantasy Island. When I was going through this a little bit, I remember that show, Fantasy Island. I remember that little character. He was a midget, and uh, he would always talk about the plane, the plane. He saw the plane, and what is funny is when you watch things like this, and you hear it in a different language than the original, you see the work that people have to do to translate something you know, to get it to come across to somebody else that speaks a different language. It's an interesting job. The oracles of Yahweh don't teach that we go to heaven. Teaching, teaching this leads people astray and they do an injustice to the word. If you go to James chapter 2 and verse 26, the book of James chapter 2 and verse 26. I'm going to read um, from my notes. It says there, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So when Yahweh takes his spirit, it belongs to him because he gave it. You're sitting there in an unconscious state. You're not in Yahweh's presence. A lot of us, we know this, but some people have yet to come to this understanding also in Ecclesiastes 9.5. Ecclesiastes 9.5. When you look at a teaching like this, you have to ask yourself, okay, is he speaking as the oracles of Yahweh? And you'll get the answer to that question. Ecclesiastes 9.5. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward for the memory of of them is forgotten. That's what the scriptures say. The scriptures, they already knew that there was going to be imposters coming on the scene. And that's why Yahweh gave us power through his word, you know, to kind of combat all this false doctrine that might be going on. Malachi 2.7, if you want to go to Malachi 2.7, if you're taking notes. Malachi chapter 2, verse 7. It has a message and it reads, For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth, for he is the messenger of Yahweh, of hosts. So if you get behind a microphone and you're teaching on the scriptures, just remember that by default you're a messenger of Yahweh, even if you're not using his name. You're teaching his word, and his word is already inspired. We don't need to add to it, because it's already inspired. Yahweh's word is already inspired, so we don't need to add anything more to it or take away. That's why we have that commandment. So if you're a priest, you should be knowledgeable. You should be learning. You should be studying. You should be taking correction. It's a beautiful thing to hear 
people that are grown, people that are professionals. They've been doing their jobs 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And somebody comes to correct them and they say, thank you very much. I didn't know that. Every day you learn something new. Hallelujah. And it also says there that they should seek the law at his mouth. What law are they talking about in the book of Malachi? They're not talking about the apostles, right? So they must be going backwards to the first five books. What did Moses do? He went up to the mountain to get the commandments from Yahweh. What happened to the Israelites? They forgot the laws of Yahweh because they were in Egypt for how long? So Yahweh had to show them. And Moses wasn't a priest per se, but his brother was. And so Moses would go up, get the Torah, talk to his brother, because his brother knew you know, how to express himself a lot better than he did. And this is the situation that we have also. You may not be a great speaker, but you might have spiritual insight, and you might be of help to somebody else. So words in italics, they might be meant to help us read, are adding to the word. Also, replacing the name Yahweh and adding Adonai, that's taking away. There are instances, like for instance, we're going through Ezekiel. In a lot of places, you're going to see Adonai Yahweh in the Hebrew. The Adonai is perfectly fine when it's right before the name Yahweh because it's just saying, my master. And that's the way Yahweh inspired it. The writer is calling Yahweh his master. He is not taking Yahweh's name out of the text. But there are instances where Yahweh was taken out and Adonai put in there. Why? Well, people have their reasons. And so when you have your reasons, then you have to answer for them. And you have to answer to Yahweh, not to a man, when you have to meet him. Now, one reason why love grows cold is hypocrisy. It says that in the end times, love is going to grow cold. Why? Because hypocrisy. Right? We proclaim Yahweh's truth, but there's people that are watching us. They're watching us with a close eye. There's people with their ear like this listening to your every word, and they want to catch you when you're being a hypocrite so that they can point fingers. And so that could add to the reason why they don't join the faith. And so this is uh, one of those leavens that we have to get rid of before we do the Passover. But it doesn't stop there. We always have to try to get rid of leavening, even though we're keeping... We'll be keeping trumpets, atonement, tabernacles. You don't want any leavening there, right? You don't want any um, false doctrine being preached, right, during the feast. You don't even want it during the Sabbath. That's not what the Sabbath is for. It's to get into the Word, to study the Word, and to praise Yahweh. That's job one for us, to praise Yahweh, right? The untaught and the unstable, they make their situation more difficult because they get prideful. Okay? And people who hate truth are easily deceived. Yahweh will send them strong delusion unless they repent. Going back to the teaching about 
going to heaven when you die, when you show people these scriptures, they're not going to have it. Especially if you're a minister. You're making money off the word. And here comes somebody that never even went to seminary and is trying to teach them something right out of the scriptures. You know, right away they get prideful. Oh, but I know more than you. Well, you know, every day children correct their parents on stuff they're doing, don't they? We see that happen to us. A young child will come to a grown person and tell them, you're wrong. What you did was wrong. What you, I mean, you told me not to do this and now you're doing it. You see? Praise Yahweh for the little children. See, they're paying attention. That's what Yahweh wants us to do. That's why it says in John, my little children, you know, don't participate in idolatry. Keep yourselves from idolatry. Pride can be an idol. So we got to stop these things. So Yahweh is going to send some people strong delusion. Why? Because they don't love the truth. They had it right there in their word. They were reading from the same King James that we're reading from. And I was thinking earlier, I, have a, I had a, a keynote study Bible. I gave it to Sister Michelle. And in some places where it's talking about where um, Yahshua's telling people, you know, if you eat with unwashed hands, you know, that's not against the Torah. You know, what he's talking about is things that are in your heart that are coming out. It says there that thus he made all things clean or all meats clean in parentheses. Now you see you're adding to the word there because Yeshua never made all meats clean. But you have that in italics. And if that's your go-to scriptures, you might tend to believe it. You don't question it, right? And so that's another problem that we have. So that's why we have to keep on studying and keep on asking questions. And if there's doubts that you have, the scripture says right there in James, if you lack wisdom, ask Yahweh, plead Yahweh. He's going to give it to you and he's going to be generous. Yahweh is not stingy when it comes to blessing you. Unless you're stingy, then he's going to be stingy with you. Because he's only giving you what you give out, right? Okay, so if your shepherd is lying to you, you have two options. Let's go to 1 Timothy 4.16. 1 Timothy 4.16. Timothy was a young minister. He was a young man and Paul was dealing with him as his own son and he was teaching him. He wrote him two letters, not just one. First Timothy 4.16. It reads there, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt save both thyself and them that hear thee. So you have a shepherd. He's misleading you. This here tells us to take heed to ourselves and to our doctrine. What is our shepherd teaching us? Is he lying to us? Well, it says here that we need to take heed unto the doctrine, the belief, the teaching. 
that we have, right? And if you're teaching truth, you still need to watch out for false doctrine because there's people going to come into this congregation and still try to promote false doctrine. Now, you don't have to be an elder to rebuke them. You just take them right to the word. And it says in the scriptures, you tell them once, you tell them twice. The third time, you got to treat them like a publican because he didn't get the message. Especially if you say you believe in the scriptures, right? And so there's the, the two options. You can either take heed to what he's telling you or you can just go ahead and believe it. The blind follow the blind. That's your two options. Also in 1 Timothy 6, verses 3 through 5. 1 Timothy 6, verses 3 through 5. We got a lot of instruction in 1 Timothy and in 2 Timothy. Uh, Paul had uh, plans for Timothy, and so he had to instruct him in how he should conduct himself. 1 Timothy 6, 3 through 5, it says... If any man teach otherwise and consent not to the wholesome words, even the words of our master, Yahshua Messiah, and to the doctrine which is according to righteousness, he is proud knowing nothing but doting about questions and stripes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, Supposing that gain is righteousness from such, withdraw thyself. So this is what happens with people when they're not firmly grounded. They go around nitpicking. It says that envy comes from that, strife, evil surmisings. And we have to keep in mind that there are some people preaching, some of them might be good. But a lot of them think that gain is righteousness. Look at my church. It's bigger than yours. Look at my members. Donate more than yours. It's like a competition. My church is better than yours. There was a minister, and, I mean, he had some good teachings, right? He was teaching on how the women should dress and teaching on such and such things. But then he gets into a battle with another minister, And he tells the guy, I will bet you my church for yours, dollar for dollar. I mean, is this what the apostles did to some of the people that were teaching false doctrine? I mean, is this what some of the rabbis did? I'm going to bet you my synagogue for your synagogue? I mean, is this what it's all about, just to gain converts? Of course not. It says there at the end, from such withdraw thyself. So when we see things like this, you know, we have to stay away from people. The scripture says, love your neighbor as yourself. But it also says that sometimes, you know, there's a time for love. There's a time for hate. There's a time to come together. There's a time to separate, to make a division. And so, yes, if you believe in the Messiah, that's fine. But at times, we're going to have to separate ourselves. And... I'm not saying I'm better or that any of Yahweh's people are better than anyone else. But what I'm saying is reality check. What world are you living in? What generation are you living in? Okay? We're reading the same King James 
their brothers out there are also reading. Now, as somebody asked Yahshua, you know, what do I have to do to be saved? And then he, he told them, have you read the scriptures? How did you interpret them? What's your comprehension of these scriptures? And we know the answer to that, right? And so, does the doctrine or teaching you believe and preach line up with Yahshua's words? Is it inspired by Yahweh, your statement of beliefs? Does it cause friction? Is it according to the law and to the testimony? Is it according to the law and to the testimony? Do people hate you because of Yahshua's namesake? We know the answer to that one. While some reject the truth, let's read about the prophets of old who were curious about the salvation message. And you can go to 1 Peter chapter 1. We'll take 1 Peter chapter 1. I'll start in uh, verse 10, but we want to key in on verse 12. 1 Peter 1, verses 10, 11, and 12. have a few more scriptures. Uh, it says here, Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Messiah, which was in them, did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of the Messiah and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you, by them that have preached the good news unto you, with the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven, which things... The angels long to look into. When we think about messengers, when we think about angels, right now they have a higher estate than us. But they're inquiring about the salvation message. They want to know about the salvation message. And Yahshua revealed that to us. It says here that the prophets had the spirit of Messiah in them. And they were working for us. The things they wrote down. When we go through Ezekiel, he wrote that for us. So that we could learn from it. So they were curious about this. But they didn't get a chance. Because it wasn't their time. So in the same way that we're curious about things that they went through. You know, they were also curious. I wonder, what I'm, I wonder what I'm prophesying about when I'm writing these psalms. Who am I really talking about? Some of them, they didn't know that they were prophesying about Yahshua the Messiah, how he was going to die, what was going to happen, that not even a bone was going to be broken in his body. These things are for us to learn from. So the angels or messengers of Yahweh who did not leave their first estate desire to know about the salvation message. And there is Yahshua sitting at the right hand of Yahweh. Plenty of opportunities to question him, right? The message taught by Messiah and his disciples is all about truth. 
There is no darkness, as the scripture says, in Yahweh. There is no lying by Yahweh. Never once did he lie to us in what was inspired. We, on the other hand, we might make a mistake here and there. We might say something, it might be wrong. Then we have to stand corrected. Otherwise, if you continue on in the deception, then you could be lost. Unless you come to the point you say, man, I really got to question what I believe in. You know? So, do you teach false doctrine and disobedience as a minister, right? Do you lie to those in your congregation? Well, if you lie to the members of your congregation and they turn around and lie to you, don't be surprised. When you wonder why your church is empty and you ask the members, where were you? They were out doing their own thing. They tell you otherwise. Don't be surprised. Right? If you teach children how to lie and they turn around and lie to you, don't get upset. Think about it. When we were growing up and we didn't know anything about Yahweh and we were being taught about Santa Claus and then we found out, oh, he was a lie. Didn't that make you upset if you were in those shoes? And I mean, you could justify it, but it's still a lie. And it's not a small lie, it's a big lie. You know, you told children that Santa Claus was real. And I mean, when you think about the message behind it, he's watching you to know if you're naughty or nice. That's putting him in the shoes of Yahweh. Because Yahweh is the one that is everywhere. And he's listening to even our thoughts. So when you put somebody else in his place, don't be upset. When somebody grows up, they don't want to listen to you. I mean, we got to think about these things, you know. So if you teach false doctrine and disobedience... Don't be surprised. We have a warning in Second uh, Peter. This will be my last scripture. We have a warning in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. We're talking about speaking under inspiration when you, when you sit down to eat your dinner. You want it to taste great, right? You want... You want it to be the best meal. That's how we are when we come to hear a sermon, right? When you come to Sabbath, that sermon that you're going to hear, you want to hear truth. You want to hear that somebody's inspired by Yahweh, right? That's what we're looking for. In Second Peter 1, 19-21, it says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well to take heed. As unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of Yahweh spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So if someone has a dream that 
clearly doesn't line up with scripture, why force the issue and end up leading yourself and others astray? You say, I had a dream that we were going to be raptured away. Well, that's fine. You had a dream. You know, the next person also had a dream and it contradicts your dream. So what are we going to do about that? Right? And then when we go to the word, we'll see that, you know, as Brother Bannock spoke, Yahweh is the boss. He tells us what is right and is wrong. So if you had a dream, if you think you know that is scriptural, line it up. Ask Yahweh to show it to you again for a second witness, right? Don't end up leading yourself and at the process, others astray. And so um, in Malachi 2.7, we read about the priest. They're supposed to be learned. They're supposed to, you know, look for the law of Yahweh and speak on that. And in 1 Timothy 4.16, we need to take heed to our teaching, to our doctrine, to whatever we believe in whether it's scriptural or not. And I mean, a lot of the times when you're right, you're not the one that starts the argument because you're right. And as Brother Paul once said, the truth never changes. So we don't need to go around in circles, right? Because the same truth that we're preaching is the same thing that the prophets taught on. All the way down from Enoch to Noah is the same teaching. Right? That Yahweh is king and that we need to repent. That's the main message right there. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? Don't do unto others things that you don't like being done to you. And so, may Yahweh bless you. May Yahweh keep you. And thank you for your attention. Hallelujah.